Hi. Hello. Hello. Podcast. Is this the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Welcome. It's the complete guide to Termina. I want to say Kohala every time. Zach, me too. And I'm Ryan. And today, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Clock Town and its denizens in three parts. Uh, and today we're going to talk about the middle part, right? Yeah. Uh, when we were divvying it out, I was like, well, why aren't we doing North and South separate? And you're like, look, there's not this. If we're going to combine two sections, these are the two sections to combine. But we're also doing uh, laundry pool in this part. Well, it's part of South. IMO. It's its, its own map. Yeah, but it's still part of South. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, we're doing North Clocktown, South Clocktown, and Laundry Pool. And let's start with North Clocktown. We have to talk about everything there. What do you want to start with? Uh... The sign above the gate out of North Clocktown, out into the field. Um, each exit from Clocktown has a like emblem above it that seems to be the emblem of does that mean like north does that mean the snowhead or mountain village area uh it's not clear the game doesn't like do anything with these symbols um or i mean it uses them as visual motifs but it never really refers to them um and actually, on the outside, we kind of have to talk about the outside of Clocktown as well. Why? Um, oh, I guess because... We, no, you're right. We have a, our own Termina Field There's episode. There's a Termina so Field won't. episode. Okay, so we won't talk about the outside, except the sign, the emblems are also used outside. That makes sense. Um, uh, but I have always thought that these emblems were cool as a bit of, like, silent world building just indicating that the people in this world have a need to divide it and you know compartmentalize it uh that not you know what am i trying to say not in a way that directly reflects on the gameplay experience you know what i mean it's just there for the, um, well, I guess it could be there for the player's benefit, but it seems like it's mostly there for I don't the think character's benefit. I think it's more, from my percep- per- perception, from my, my perspective, that's what I'm trying to say, uh, it's more of a, from an in-universe perspective, uh, because I never paid attention to these when I was playing the game. Mm. And I never, like, internalized that that's the symbol for the North part versus the south part or whatever it just ended up being more scenery right yeah i guess if i'm imagining the player who is noticing that those signs are the same and like is disoriented in terming a field until they notice oh that's the sign i recognize that means the north side of clock town the problem with that is that the different symbols are not very distinct from each other like i couldn't draw one of them I almost think I could draw the South Clocktown one, but they all look very much the same. Yeah, and 
like the game is not expecting you to know these symbols you know the the exactly the term in the field is not that complicated you know everything's arranged in a very like easy to comprehend way and also everything's labeled in english for the player yes so uh-huh. like this is entirely from my perspective like a world building thing yeah like in universe that's what they put out for that maybe they are so i like the idea that they're symbols for north south east and west and now i want to put that forward into like why isn't that in every zelda game now uh because they're the terminan symbols but termina uses the ocarina of time hylian alphabet um so why can't I we guess, transpose but they don't the use the same way? kanji let's go the other way sure uh there's also like snowflakes around the gate that's snowflake true. design at least in this uh, 3DS version. And like a mural of mountains, which is a bit much. That's supposed to be a mural of mountains, The right? detail in the 3DS version is quite off the hook. Yes. Uh, to wit, there's... Um, in my head, I go left to right. And so I wanted to talk about the things on the left side, which uh, the most prominent is the fairy fountain. Mm-hmm. The On the 3DS version, there's like an ornamentation element to the cave. Yeah, they've painted the entrance to the fairy fountain. That's not in the in the the what do you call? It? I almost said the GameCube version, <laughs> um, because no, I'm not. So I fired. Jeez, I played the 3DS version of this video game to completion. I wanted to compare to the 64 version, so I went and tracked down the copy that I the copy of the 64 version that I played to completion 10 or 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was a shoot. It was originally a downloaded virtual console version of the game on my Wii. But I, at some point did the thing where you transfer all of your Wii data to your Wii U. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you get to see the really rad Pikmin animation. I almost have a story about that. I don't know if we have time for that on this episode of this podcast. It's incredible. If you've never seen it, listener, do yourself a favor What's... and like <laughs> It's it's on YouTube, right? It's on YouTube. Surely it's on YouTube. There's it's yeah. Pikmin carrying your data as like Nintendo rounded rectangles, right? Yeah. With little lines on them. Uh carrying them across like almost a tron inside of a motherboard am i it's like that or like yeah it's like a like a weird like computer factory thing yeah and it's long it's really long it's a because they it's it's long and it doesn't like loop right not that i remember no i think it's like a complete animation um and it has to be long because i i assume that it's as long as they need it to be right yeah you gotta wonder like they just said, okay, it will not take any longer than this, so we have to make it this long, which means it might have, like, finished, but you're just enraptured by watching the Pikmin move It could things. be. It could. I mean, like... Oh, it's so good. At the time, I thought it was a fairly realistic length of time for moving that much data, but maybe I don't know. What happened was, when I was doing this, my mom was in the room, and I was enraptured... By the care that had gone into this stupid little thing, right? Yeah, it's incredible. And my mom was not impressed, or she said, 
like, I, I, I'm not going to remember her exact words, but it was something to the effect of, well, surely, like, people expect this, right? No. They don't. No. <laughs> I mean, modern Nintendo wouldn't do something like that. Uh, no. And in fact, like, it's hard to imagine, because it was not free to animate all those Pikmin doing that. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, who are you... <laughs> Who comes up with this and is able to justify that cost to the person who's in charge of it? It takes a very unique corporate environment. Yeah, it's a to, weird, for that to happen. We we modeled out, we we animated out this weird animation that is not going to play for everybody that is going to use our own our consoles. Right, it's only for the people who have a Wii U and want to transfer all their data. From a Wii, so they had to have bought both consoles. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Anyway. Um, anyway, uh, so... Fairy um, Fountain. You're playing this on your Wii U. Just to fire up the save file from before, just to compare a couple sure. a couple things, which we'll get into some of that. Uh, but the Fairy Fountain... Do, oh, the fairy do you want to talk the, the interior about the fairy fountain? There, well, there's a fairy in there. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about that. Did we talk about... Oh, we did talk about her. That's right. Yeah. We didn't talk about that if you go back to her as a regular Link, as Hylian Link, and do the thing where you find the stray fairy and, like, restore her, you get a different reward. Um, And what is that? The Great Fairy Mask. Oh, that's right. I, th- I thought you were going to say the spin attack. That's how dumb I am. Oh, um, wait. No. No. The, the, <laughs> the Great Fairy Mask. The Great Fairy. Exactly. Um, the Great Fairy Mask, which is essential um, for all the dungeons. Yeah. Every dungeon, which we'll get to, has a bunch of stray fairies in it. And by wearing the Great Fairy Mask, you'll get an indicator that there's a stray fairy in the room and then they will be drawn to the uh mask and yet the game doesn't tell you hey do that thing with the great fairy a second time it doesn't make that obvious and so uh for no, the naive it does. Play- oh it does at least in the 3ds version it did well i can believe this would be something they change actually mm-hmm. because if you don't direct the player to that, then it becomes like a secret. Yeah. Like the if you happen to do this again, then you'll get this thing that makes collecting stray fairies a lot easier. Um, I've been studying Symphony of the Night and its kind of kitchen sink approach to putting in things that will, if you happen to do this, then this will be a lot easier. And it ends up making the whole game um, very easy for the people who know where everything is. But if you are in a pre-internet state, uh, just like with, I guess, this game, um, if you are just discovering things, then everything starts out hard. And then because you explored and found the Great Fairy Mask or whatever, uh, things become easy, but you, like, earned it. I don't think that quite tracks that this is pre-internet when did Symphony of the night come out is that 97 well pre some version of the internet because uh, I, I think a symphony was 97 so yeah. symphony feels something that's too early for that to be a widely adopted thing but majora's mask i have like really 
concrete memories of like looking at Zelda websites about Majora's Mask. Even though I like had access to the game and didn't really play the game, I did read about a lot of what was in the game and internalized a lot of FAQs about it. Interesting. So uh, Majora's Mask is on the nerdy. Uh, Majora's Mask is on the other other side of that cusp in my mind. Okay. Where that is a game where oh no, the internet you know people were putting out sure. FAQs at that point. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyway, that's, that's all that Great Fairy does. We talked about her. Uh, yes. There's um, a, a fence. There's a fence. There's a kind of a cool like <laughs> secret area. <laughs> I'm gonna say that everything is a secret. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. And like it's just a little bit inconvenient to get to. But um, can Deku Link climb this fence? No, but there's a flower. Oh yeah. Um, so you can get in here and go into a little hole where there is a cave underneath Clocktown where there is a mini game for Dekus. Yeah, it's the Deku Scrub Playground. And it's um, a, a platforming, like a Deku flower flying platforms thing uh, that changes each day, right? Yeah, each day has a different setup of the platforms. Uh, I don't remember super specifically. I know the second day was the hardest one. Um, I can't remember them specifically either, but I remember the third day being the hardest one. Ooh, I, I think uh, the second day gave me the most trouble. I think one of them is um, rotating platforms. One of them is um, oscillating up and down. And then I think the third day combines those. It's something so like some that. of them are going up and down and some of them are uh, rotating. Um, but you are supposed to figure out that you're supposed to do them like beat the high score on the first day and then on the second day and then on the third day yeah. all in the same cycle. Right. And it's like when you beat it at any point, you get like a message. It's like, hey, you should come back tomorrow and check it out. That was yeah. cool. And it's part – it leads up to an incredible bit. Um, yes. the These Deku Scrubs are some of the characters who uh, – for one thing, they don't want to talk to people who aren't Deku people. Um, but they are some of the people who, when you're a Deku Link, will start out by, like, patronizing you, treating you as kind of a loser because you're, you're a little kid. Uh, but if you beat them all, or if you beat the high score all three days in a row, then what did they give you? Well, it's, so what ends up happening is it's like the first day you do it's like, oh, that was cool. You should come back and try again tomorrow. And then the second day, they, you beat it again. And then they're like, that oh, was amazing. You got to come back and do it tomorrow. And then the third day, oh, it's such a good bit. You beat the third one and. The punchline is that they go, oh, you're so good. You must be a professional. Professionals aren't allowed here. You need to get out. <laughs> and then they say, take this heart piece and leave. It's a heart piece. And that's it. Um, like it's, the, it, it, it's this really good buildup for this really good punchline. That's weird. I remember them being terrified of you. Who am I thinking of? I, you might have read it in that way that. I don't. I, I took it more as annoyed than terrified. Oh, okay. But they're just like. You're... But they kind of like hide in their flowers when you approach, don't they? I think after that, yeah, they're like, "Get out! We don't want to talk to you." Yeah. Okay. I guess I read it as them being scared of you, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Maybe this is obvious, but all the um, 
all the NPCs who have like pragmatic, like I'm giving you a mini game, I'm giving you a quest kind of roles, uh, mostly get really good personalities as well. Who else is in this zone? I was gonna say we, we talked sh- about Jim. I was gonna say talk about Jim, but then I remember we talked about Jim, which means we have to talk about the person that I forgot I was gonna talk about on this episode, and now I'm very excited. Oh, whoops. Do you have anything prepared for this individual? Uh, no, I, I, I... I thought you said you were taking taking notes for him. I took I, I did some research on a certain 35-year-old man. Hmm. Uh, this is our first introduction. This is the world's first introduction to Tingle. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Tingle is a 35-year-old man in, like, a green, like, what do you call it? Like, a leotard? I guess, yeah, but with, like, a hood and a pointed head. Uh, he, when you see him, is suspended on a big red balloon, just chilling. Yep. And you can pop the balloon, and then he'll come down, and you can talk to him and find out his whole deal. Or most of it. <laughs> You'll find out more of his deal later on. Uh, but, yes, he is... He reveals that he's 35 years old now, right? Yes. I think he gives some of it. He's like, I'm 35 years old, and I feel like I'm a fairy. Yes. He believes that he's the incarnation of a forest fairy. And so when he sees you with your green clothes and your fairy following you around, uh, he feels an instant connection with you. And, you know, he seems to be imitating, like, Link like Ocarina of Time link to a certain extent, wouldn't you say? Yeah, people have like read deep into that in ways that I'm like, it's not just that, it's just a thing. Well, I wasn't going to read. No, not you, not you. Other people. (laughs) Uh, But like, I I think at least from an out-of-universe perspective, there seems to be a sort of thing where this is a guy who likes link even if he doesn't know know who link is yeah you know what i mean he doesn't he's emulating some archetype yeah he's extremely into the concept of link without ever having met link yes and he's great and he is uh he is a cartographer yep just like another man child buster bluth and he is willing to sell you a map of Clocktown or of other zones in the game that you have not visited yet even. Yeah. For the right price. And that's his whole thing here. Tingle... It's so weird that, like, Tingle becomes, like, for a while, a series staple. Yes. He They bring and... him back for... He's in the Oracle... One of the Oracle games... Yeah. He's a major component of Wind Waker. Absolutely. Where else does he show up? He's referenced in Breath of the Wild. You get clothes like him, and there are islands named after him and his henchmen. There's a guy in Twilight Princess who has, he's like a, they decided, what if we made a normal guy that's kind of dressed like Tingle? Do you know about this man? Uh, No. Tell me about uh, I don't name. remember his name. I have to look up his name. But he runs a, like, circus hmm. game, mini game in Hyrule Castle Town in Twilight Princess. 
Uh, I don't remember his name. What is his name? Perlo. Okay. I'll send you a picture of Perlo, and you can tell me what you think. Okay. Guys, this is my unboxing video for the character of Perlo. This is my live reaction. Oh, yeah, that looks like a Twilight Princess character. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Twilight Princess is kind of grotesque in some ways. Not in, and Grotesque, not negative, you know what I mean? Well, possibly negative if it's not your thing. Um, and so he is the ringmaster of circus? Yeah, there's like a circus minigame. You have to do some platforming to get prizes and stuff. Okay. He's like a very minor and character. You could go through the whole game without ever walking in there. Is he a creep? No, he's just a normal guy. Okay, interesting. Uh, so the only reason you have to connect him to Tingle is that he has a pointy green hat? Yep, and the watch. And the watch. Does Tingle have a watch? I think Tingle has a watch in some uh, incarnations. I can almost see the animation of him looking at a watch in Wind Waker, but I can't remember. I'm sorry, in Majora's Mask. Oh, he's got a watch I can't remember the watch. In the in the oh. art, in the Majora's Mask. Okay. Original art. That's what it was. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he shows up there. There's like a Tingle doll in Skyward Sword. Um, but they also <laughs> gave him a bunch of spinoff games. Yes. Which are... He's his whole own thing. Yeah. It's weird. And he's like a, a, a bigger creep as time goes on, right? Yes. It's... I can't even remember... It's the... What was the name of... It's the Onion Games, guys. Onion Games is the modern company that... the This group that previously made games together... Love Delic. There it is. Oh, sure. Uh, Love-D-E-L-I-C. They were a game developer in the 90s. And then a little later... Um, kind of a weird like it's just like a group of people that would kind of mesh together and then go apart and then I tried to map out like the the family tree of this company and these people that would eventually just go on to make what the current iteration which is Onion Games and I went a little cross-eyed huh but basically it's like they did Moon Remix RPG they did um Tulip that's another another big one that they did. I need to play Tulip. They need to put Tulip on modern things so I can play Tulip. Just a lot of very weird, like, RPG adventure game kind of kind of things. I think when and... I looked at it before, they also like a lot of the same people worked on like Super Mario RPG. Oh yeah. It's okay. A, there's a whole like lineage there. Anyway, some of those folks went on to make. A pair of games for the DS that starred Tingle that are bananas. They did... What, what's the full title of it? Was it Freshly Pink Picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee... Ro- Rosy Rupee Land. Uh, Was I, it f- Tingle's Freshly Picked or Freshly Picked Freshly tingle? Picked Tingle's. Oh my gosh. Because the sequel is called Ripened Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love. Implying that there would have been, like, a, like, eventually, like, rotten <laughs> Tingles <laughs> end of trilogy terror dome or something. Covering, covered in ants. Covered in ants. So, yeah, it, that was the... 
I say trilogy, but they're like they're not related games. It's not like one is a sequel to the other directly. Uh huh. I watched uh, some of the some of Freshly Picked Tingles. The, the first game, Freshly Picked Tingle, only came out in Europe. Only in Europe. Only in Europe. Oh, I mean in Japan, obviously. But, oh, okay. Like, it only got okay. it only got an English localization in Europe, and it's about like Tingle who exists in some like very very loosely Zelda-ish world who is ordered by like an anthropomorphic rupee man named Uncle Rupee to acquire rupees for him. It's like it's like they they when they made Donkey Kong Jungle Beat okay. and they said the only elements of Donkey Kong we want to retain are the Donkey Kong himself and the banana and everything else is new. Okay. This first Tingle game is just, we want Tingle and we want rupees and everything else get out. <laughs> and you get like very little references to Zelda stuff. And it's like a weird adventure game where you just have like a money score. That's your health. And also how you like interact with the world and stuff. Sure. Anyway, that's weird. Then they made a creepier game, which is Ripen Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love, which is about, like, a 35-year-old guy who gets a package that he orders off. He orders, like, a he sees a – shoot. He sees, like, an infomercial on TV on how to get ladies and orders okay. it and then opens it up and gets isekai'd into this fantasy world as Tingle – uh, that's also just loosely a uh, Wizard of Oz parody. Okay. It's nuts. And then you there's, like, mechanics where you have to, like, make girls fall in love with you by giving them things. Sure, sure. I've played video game. It's it's ridiculous. I will plug uh, Riff and Jenny's Let's Play of it because it's that's incredible. That's right. Okay. Anyway, Tingle. I think about him a lot these days. But, like, he is, like, it's... In the wake of these games that I have like a peripheral knowledge of, um, and you know, in in uh, Wind Waker, he gets somewhat more sinister, and I guess these games are like following the parabolic trajectory thereof. But here, other than being, you know, kind of a pathetic guy who's obsessed with fairies and wears a ridiculous costume, he's not like dangerous i would say no he's just a he's not predatory no they just leaned um, into that real hard some of the subsequent stuff and so in, in this version he's kind he's not that much weirder than anyone else in well he's appreciably weirder than most of the characters but he doesn't stick out as like you know what i mean he's also like a new character in the setting or in, that where, makes him stick out a lot more. Where a lot of the characters thing. in Majora's Mask are characters that were in Ocarina of Time, maybe in new versions, right? Yeah, yeah. We've asked the question, like, oh, who was such and such in the... Okay, that, that was this character in the previous game, yeah. So, But I, I just... I, I think it's important to note how mild Tingle is here because we have a tendency to see him as much more flamboyant in light of his other appearances. Yep. He's just normal. Uh, we'll get into him later as well. 
Oh, okay, yeah. We have more to say about Tingle. Have, there's more Tingle time. He's also all over the game, too, so at any point, he's just, he just we, If you have other Tingle insights or tin sites, ting sites, I guess, I like that, uh, we'll be sure to let you know Yeah. as we f- follow him on our journey. What else is there's, up here? There's, like, a playground. It's, like, a weird, like, <laughs> extremely abstract playground. Um. Yes, it's <laughs> it's a, a, about as primitive as you would expect from, like, Super Mario 64. It seems to have been added just as, like, what can we fill up this space with? But it does give the personality of North Clocktown as the uh, place where you send your kids to uh, <laughs> spend their time. And behind that playground, there is a wall with a bunch of notices on it. And there is a patch of bushes. Yes. And I think this is the place to talk about this type of patch of bushes. I think you're correct because also, I, th- I think I mentioned it. Uh, I didn't realize this was the path of bushes I needed to go to. <laughs> well, eventually we're going to get, as part of a side quest that we'll get into more later, uh, the Keaton mask, which allows you to commune with... A mystical spirit of something, Keaton. And it's a fox with a bunch of tails, which kind of uh, kind of jives with what we were talking with Jason about, about kind of a Japanese or Eastern flavor to Termina that sets it apart from Hyrule. Would you mm. say? Yes. This is definitely an element of that. Of course, the key in the mask was in Ocarina of Time, but it wasn't connected to anything. Uh, there wasn't a Keaton. No. Are they? There was, because they said, oh, yeah, Keaton is a popular character nowadays, but we had no idea what that meant. And actually, it's very unusual for Ocarina of Time to have that kind of detail that doesn't link up to anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking that out in my head and thinking, is there anything that doesn't really and not really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, but if you so, OK, if you chop these bushes up without the mask, the bushes just run away from you, which, as we have noted, is creepy. But if you manage to chop them all down while you are also wearing the mask, then Keaton, the famous, apparently Kitsune, shows up and he says, OK, let's do a quiz. Do you want to talk about this quiz? I don't really have much to say about it. It's just a whole bunch of weird trivia that you would maybe pick up while playing the game. It's a lot of like arbitrary things. Like how many? I can't even think of a single one. Hold on. Ryan, give me an example of some of the questions. 24. I'm going to give you the quiz, but I want to establish 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. There are 30 possible questions. Are you going to read me all 30 and right now? No. Are you, you going to expose me? For not knowing the answers. Uh, I, <laughs> we can just go down the list until you get tired of this. That would be a bad podcast uh, to do the whole list, but let's go. Okay. At what time does Romani the ranch girl wake up? Six, seven, or she never gets up? I mean, it's definitely not the third one. I'm going to say seven. That's incorrect. See? I would already failed. six. Darmani is of what race? Deku Scrub, Goron, or Zora? That one I know. That's Goron. That's an easy one. 
how many balloons does Romani, the girl at the ranch, use during practice? Just one. one. two, or she doesn't use balloons. That's it's right. just one. Um, how many cows are there at the ranch? How many cuckoos are there in the barn at the ranch? How many tiny cow figurines are there in Clock Town? Oh, that's a good one. It's a, it's a, it's not fair at all. But we it's haven't a very run good into one. any of those yet. Um, oh, you, you're right. Well, I, I can't even remember where most of them are. Um, let's talk about the cow figurines when we actually see one, because okay. and the extremely good detail that actually we can talk about for a while. Um, but like. The fact that they actually ask you this, you know, I think we, when you talk about being pre or post-internet, I think that this quiz suffers from being post-internet because you're just going to look up the answers. But, like, what looking at it, I guess looking at it now on the internet without really playing, uh-huh. like, what they intended was for you to, like, fail this and then go out and research and then come back. Yep. Right? Be like, um, it's nothing that not necessarily anything that you were supposed to notice the first time, but nope. it's like, hey, you know how detailed this world is? Go find out. Yeah, we put stuff in here. Appreciate that. Is Tingle left handed, right handed, or ambidextrous? How old is Tingle? How many members in the Indigo goes? What color of trunks does Tingle wear? <laughs> um, what bad habit does Anju the innkeeper have? She's forgetful, A, isn't she? she's quick to apologize. Oh, that's B, what it was. she's yeah. quick to get angry. Or C, she's quick to break into tears. It was the first one. I remember. That's a very good question, too. Because, like, it doesn't eat... There's no character who says, don't apologize so much, is there? I you just have to notice that about her from the writing. I think so. I think you're right. Um... I feel like I've seen all the Angie dialogue recently, so. <laughs> um, what is the name of Andrew's father? That one oh. you actually have to, like, solve a mystery, almost. You I knew this, and I forgot Combine some it. information. Oh, uh, her father's a hard name is Tortoise. Tortoise, yeah. Yes, and you only know that if you there's hear a, grandmother refer to her as Tortoise. And there's a like, very or, weird no, specific scene. You, yeah. We'll talk about Granny later, too. Yeah. So, anyway, the quiz is very good. Um, and if you get enough answers right, he doesn't ask you all 30 at the time. And it's like five. And you get a piece of heart, right? Yeah, and you just get a piece of heart. We're going to run into that a lot. The default reward in this game pretty much is piece of heart. Because and... there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good. What else is there in North Clocktown? Well, there's a little scene that happens. I was going to say, there's nothing else here right now, but if you come back at night... Okay. There's a guy hiding behind the slide. That's right. He hides behind the slide at first, a perfect hiding place. And this guy is Sakon. Sakon? Sakon. This is Sakon, the thief. And we'll talk about him much more later. But his function right here is to lie in wait for an old lady to show up with a satchel on her back. And at, is it exactly midnight? I want to say it's exactly midnight. Like uh, she shows she up at shows 10 up p.m. At, 
she shows up at a certain she shows up at a certain time that's the same every time and then like the scene plays out in between between the hours it yeah um basically she walks incredibly slowly through north clock town um sakon comes out from behind his hiding place and prances toward her and then at a specific moment there's a cutscene of event happening where he steals the bag from her and like knocks her over and the guard at the northern gate can't do anything about this because he has to make sure that nobody leaves the town without a sword uh so it's up to you to like slash sack on with the sword and get the uh package back yeah and so you can do that you get the package back and you're rewarded for it with the that's Oh, the bomb mask. The bomb mask. Which is incredible. It's a mask that just explodes. It's kind of a huge deal. It's another thing. Gosh, it's it's too bad that I've been thinking about Symphony of the Night, which I have not played, by the way. Oh. Um, but it's like. Borrow my Xbox. I guess. You no, know, like the item that basically gives you infinite bombs as long as you have health to sustain the blowing yourself up with. Uh, It seems like a very exploitable item, something that they wouldn't normally give you right out of the gate, although they're not as stingy with bombs in this game as they are in some Zeldas. Bombs aren't a progression item in the same way here as they are in specifically Ocarina of Time. Definitely. And yeah, you get. Um, I got this way before I ever got bombs, just because this was easy. And so, this like unlocks all the stuff that you need bombs to unlock, which isn't much. Um, and that's more similar. Like, that's more similar to other older Zelda games too, because like, Elden oh, yeah. Link to the Past, you just get bombs. You just find bombs. It's fine. It's it's a later Zelda artifice that you have to acquiring bombs as part of your progression stuff. Yes, and I think that um, I was just looking at what the bombs are like a progression item, like a dungeon item in one like Phantom Hourglass, I think, where they show up fairly late, if I remember correctly. And in the grand scheme of things, bombs are not a very good dungeon item. I think they're the games are better served and the bombs are more uh fun when they are just a any kind any time of day treat like they are here and in LOZ and yeah to the past it's cool here you could also murder Sakon. i was gonna bring this up because i was expecting you not to know this i had not heard about this until i was doing some research i had it was fun because i had a weird memory of that being the case and so i had to like fire the game up like Mm -hmm. separately of actually playing the game i was just like i gotta go see if i can kill that man because i have a vague memory that you can i shot a fire arrow at him okay at the sack that he's holding which is full of bombs which explodes And then he dies, and then the old lady's he, just like, well, that sucks. And that's it. <laughs> An ignominious death. 
a weird chance for Link to straight up murder somebody. Yeah. Who isn't a monster. Yeah. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's not he a very nice guy. bad deeds. Yeah. Yes. But he's still... Um, a, he has interactions with other characters in the game. Yes. And we'll get to that later. Yeah. Is there anything else to say about North Clocktown? I think we have gone 40 minutes on North Clocktown somehow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> no, Whatever. let's go to South Clocktown. We got, we got a lot to talk about there. I'm imagining the person who actually likes listening to this podcast. And, like, what greater gift can we give that person than to just yak and yak and yak for as long as we can? Yeah. We're here for Is you. Is there listener. any crime in talking about North Clocktown for 40 minutes? No. No, sir. Only that we haven't gotten to talk about South Clocktown yet. Well, let's start. South Clocktown is where there is an owl statue. It is where... We don't want to talk about owl statue right now, do we? I thought we did mention There's owl not much statues. to say. It's, the save, it's a uh, save yeah. mechanic, and it's a warp mechanic. Um, it's also yeah. in a different spot um, here. Is it? Okay. Oh, because... Okay. This is my big thing I want so, to talk about. In 64, is it up against the north face of the clock tower? No. So... Oh. The big thing is that this part of Clocktown has seen substantial revisions throughout the history oh. of the game existing. Um. In... I will go backwards. In Majora's Mask 3D, you have this, like, big area behind the clock tower that's kind of just like a little chill-out area. There's, like, some benches. There's yeah. a, it's, That's where the statue is. It's, like, a pretty big area. Um, this is not—this area does not exist. There's also another thing, but I'm going to get mad about later. Um, this little, like, chill-out area behind the clock tower does not exist in the 64 version. Instead, it's just oh a gosh. narrow hallway, and that the and the oh um, my gosh. the what do you call it? the owl statue is facing West Clocktown, just on the side of the clock tower of the clock tower. Okay, okay. Um, this means that when we get to East Clocktown, they actually had to extend East Clocktown a little bit to fit what to make everything else sync up. Yeah, I had to figure that. I, I that I started racking my brain when I was going through the '64 version, going, "Wait, wait, how did they? How how did they make that match up?" And the answer is, over in East Clocktown, they extended a part that we'll get to. Okay. Wow, um, good sleuthing. There's also an older version of Clocktown, which is an image I sent to Ryan, and I'll probably tweet out when we uh, okay. get to there. If now, look, I've seen this image already, so we're not exactly unboxing it, but I am looking at it now. So this image is a picture of South Clocktown, and it's mostly the same as what we see, except that there's, like, an asymmetrical platform on the, I guess it's the, the east side? Sure. Um, This exists in the beta material for... Majora's Mask. 
Okay. This version of Clocktown. There's there are models of this version of Clocktown where it's asymmetrical. The where south where the south Clocktown like area is like asymmetrical. Okay. And at some point they decided to symmetrize that. I guess. Um. And I, I didn't. I, 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 and yeah, I was okay. and I was flummoxed because I never. I looked at this art a hundred times and never realized that it was off from the what was in the game. Uh, no, it's well. I'm more surprised that there was a, a version of the, like a, a version of the game that matched the art perfectly. Because I wouldn't expect the. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, normally they take some liberties with that, uh, but here. It it like this art still matches the game at least in my memory very very closely. Yeah, it's it's not a big difference, but it's just funny to me that like at some point somebody was doing art for the game, or maybe either somebody was doing art for the game and looking at what they had created for the game so far, or somebody drew this up and they were trying to match it and said, you know what, actually it flows a lot better if we make it symmetrical. Yeah, I have a memory of as Goron Link rolling straight through from east to south to west behind the clock town do i remember that but sorry behind the clock tower do i remember that from the 64 version or the 3ds version you're saying you go from it's just a straight shot from that hallway behind the clock tower to the other hallway going east to west there's no you have to go around a little bit still Okay, so in, in 64, then, it was a straight shot? Yeah, no, 64, you still have to go around a little bit. Okay, then, was it ever a straight shot? Am I remembering no, a beta you are build? crazy person. <laughs> uh, what else is in the... Oh, uh, the other thing, maybe the reason that they felt they had to add space behind the clock tower is, in 3DS, the bank is behind the clock tower now. So I'm on the record as saying there are a few things, changes they made to the game that I disagree with. This is one of the two biggest ones. The bank is supposed to be in West Clocktown with all the businesses. Yeah, it's the commercial district. And they moved it here for entirely for gameplay reasons because with it right here, it's real easy to work to this spot at the end of a cycle when you're getting ready to do the song of time and dump all your money real quick. Yes. And I get it, but I fundamentally disagree with it and hate it. I disagree too. I can't, I, I I'm really surprised that you feel more strongly about this than I do. Cause this feels like a Ryan complaint. <laughs> I'm honored to take part in this Ryan complaint. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree, but it, it, it doesn't bother me that much, I guess. Um, no, it's it's it feels artificial. Yes, as convenient things so often do, and um, having the bank off to the side like that, it feels more natural and you know organic. It also just feels really bad sticking out of the back of the clock tower. Yeah, why would there be a business built into the clock tower like that? Yeah, it's gross. It's bad. It's bad. Um, I'm glad we agree on this point. The bank guy is cool. Oh, he's so good. The bank is really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not getting you wrong. Uh, for one thing, the guy who runs the bank in Majora's Mask is the model of the beggar 
who is desperate for you to sell him something. Like, sell me some bugs, please, in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Uh, but here he is, a titan of finance, apparently. And <laughs> I, don't, he, I don't know about that. I, I feel well, like I've scammed this man out of a lot of money. <laughs> um, because he puts a special mark on your hand or on your forehead. I don't... It's, it's left. It's, it's it's you know N sixty four animation, so it's left kind of vague as to what kind of mark he puts on you. Yeah, but that determines uh, like your accounting, I guess. Yeah, it's your RFID chip, and only he can see it. But he can see it on you no matter what form you're in, and it I, stays I, on you. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I've I, I I've read takes on this that maybe he's supposed to be blind. That's and interesting. Do, and like he like is doing it all and that's why when you come up to him as any form of link he potentially doesn't see the problem. Well, it would make sense for work, him to be works, a blind beggar in Ocarina of Time. What? Yeah. I said that works whether he has vision or not though, I guess. Um but it would it would also make sense for him to as a beggar in Ocarina of Time. It would mesh for him to be blind. Mm. But is there any text to support that or is it just? No, it's just a, it's a read you could have on it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not it's it's one of those like the proof is that it's not disproven. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, he also doesn't have, you know, his eyes are in shadow in his model. Yeah. But that's also true of all the guards. <laughs> that's true of a lot of NPCs. Yes. Um, that's interesting. Um, he will give you if you save up what is it like 5000 rupees it's 5000 it's a lot um but you can you know do that over multiple cycles because your special mark uh stays on you from cycle to cycle and somehow your account stays the same as you travel through time and he gives you when oh, it's you a heart save piece. up 5000 rupees he get, saves he gives you a heart piece and then he says i can't save any more money for you Right? Yep. Which is bizarre. The vault is full. He won't even go up to 9999. You can spill over 5,000. It's pretty funny. Uh, but not by much, right? You could, I think you conceivably could have 4,999 and then give him 500, and that would be the okay. max you could possibly put in. All right. All right. Um, he also gives you a he, wallet. Oh yeah, if you save up like a thousand, right? He like a much lower number, I forget. It's it's like one of the first larger. things to do in the game. Um, yeah, and then you can carry slightly more rupees so that you have an easier time of uh, giving this man money. Because it, then it, it, there's it, a, you know as you're one hundred percenting, there's this stupid grindy portion where you're trying to get a five thousand rupees for this guy. It's an investment on his part. Oh yes. He, <laughs> well, it's like a toaster almost. So the main thing here is like a big like city square. Yeah, in the shadow of the clock tower. That like there are booths or like the suggestions of booths around. Yeah, yeah, there should be a bazaar here. But there's. But I guess the people who would be doing business here have mostly run away because of giant moon. Yeah, that's the implication. Is that it's like. Normally, Clock Town would be popping, and this would be like a whole on bazaar with people with vendors and all sorts of stuff, but nobody's come. Yeah. 
Except, I guess, the Deku scrub that lives there. The business scrub. Who doesn't even want to be there. No, he wants to get out of town. So There's also some uh, carpenters. Yes, the carpenters, who we recognize from um, Ocarina of Time, um, are now, I guess, not animated to be gay stereotypes. Right? I barely paid attention to them in this one to see that. Also, we don't we don't see them run anywhere. They're just right. milling about they're, and doing their job. They're like carrying wooden bars and stuff. They get to, uh, so they get I, to actually practice their craft. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have a bunch of attitude. There's one always yelling at the guy on top of the platform that they're building. Apparently, they're building. You said it was a fireworks viewing. Zelda Wiki tower says it's a platform. fireworks viewing tower that over the course of three days gets bigger and then gets like completed ostensibly uh although it doesn't look like much when it's completed i always thought it was supposed to be like a bridge to get to the entrance to go up to like the clock tower when it turns into a big platform where everybody hangs out it's possible that it's not really completed on the third day (laughs) they're like yeah it's done it's like no, it's not actually. Well, done. well, was it supposed to be? If it was supposed to be a bridge for getting up onto the clock, then that doesn't. They just, well, people ran out of town. They didn't have time to really finish it. Yeah, um, it's kind of the classic, like the first idea you have for showing that time is passing in this game. Yep, is to have. Well, there's a small platform, and then it's a bigger platform, um, and also on the last day, if you manage to get up there with the business scrubs flower. Uh, fly up there then there's a chest with like 20 rupees in it i forget if that's a 20 or a 100 there's so many rupees in clock town yeah it's pretty good um what else is here that's kind of a dog there's a dog um the dog is cool we should talk about the dogs um so a, a an important thing actually for establishing how weak and helpless you are on the first cycle is as a Deku scrub, that dog hates you and will attack you. I am not sure if it can uh, if it can deal damage to you, um, but it will bite you and make you scream and fall over. Yep. And in the 3DS version, one of the signs um, that's posted up in town, like there's one on the wall over to the side here with the picture of the dog on it. You know what that sign says in Hylian text? I don't. It says, I hate Dekus. <laughs> All right. Uh, nice but of the dog to put a sign up about him. When you are, <laughs> when you are uh, Hylian Link, when you're normal Link, uh, dog ignores you, does not care. When you come back as Goron Link, now the dog is terrified of you and, like, I think it starts out by barking at you a little bit, and then it runs away yipping scared, right? That sounds right. But then, if you come back as Zora Link, now the dog thinks you're cool and just follows you around and, like, sits and wags its tail at your feet. It's good. It's a, It's amazing. It's a really cool, simple thing to do. Yes. That you might not um, even notice, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, there's very little reason to notice this, especially since you have very little reason to walk around Clocktown as Zora or Goron Link. Um, oh, there's one more thing we should talk about here that we didn't talk about elsewhere yet. 
uh, there's a post box. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the there's post- a postal service in Clocktown. Yeah. Wait, this is the game that invented mail, huh? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> this is where mail came from. No, no, no. Gary Gygax invented mail. <laughs> do you do you deliver any letters in Ocarina of Time? I mean, you deliver a letter from Zelda to the guard to get up to Death Mountain. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, so like that's that, not that, really like acting as a male person. I would say it's acting as a male person, but but it's, no, you're delivering no that letter system. on your own behalf. It's like yeah. a letter of introduction from Zelda. You are not an agent of the Postal Service in that right. game. Yeah, the Postal Service did not exist in Hyrule, but it does exist in Termina because they have infrastructure, civil, civilization. Yeah, they're further along that part of the tech tree. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that'd be fun. Anyways, we'll worry about it later. Biting my tongue. All right. <laughs> um, the oh, there's mail here. The the um the the post boxes. I remember that if you're wearing the postman's hat, then when you check the mail, they the post boxes like talk to you and say you're doing a great job, right? Yeah, they do. It's um, good. Do. Do, do they have voices when you check them without the postman's cap on? It's just like a cha-ching, please deposit kind of message. Okay. So, like, it's talking to you, but in the way that inanimate objects always do in video games. Right. Um, no, they they seem to be connected to or, like, designed by the <laughs> mailman <laughs> uh, to encourage him on his rounds. Um, I guess we shouldn't talk about him until we get to West Clocktown. But yeah, there's a whole there's a whole headquarters. A we'll get great to character. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about in South Clocktown is more of the iconography. Okay. For one thing, the exit to South Clocktown has its own emblem over it, um, which kind of resembles. I don't know if we can say this is intentional, but it has a similar certain similarity to the pattern of. A wavy line with interspersed dots that is used in a few places in Clocktown, but it's very um, it's used very prominently here on the south wall of South Clocktown, and then outside of South Clocktown, heading south, you see it more, and it turns out to be a visual motif that's very heavily used by the Deku people, and so. Um, I think you can definitely say that this is like the Deku civilization motif, wavy line with interspersed dots, except that it's also used on the playground in North Clocktown, which doesn't fit this pattern at all. Um, but you could almost make the argument that the symbol for South is an imitation of that pattern. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Um, the entrance to the clock t- the lower entrance to the clock tower that you come out of at the beginning of the cycle has its own emblem above it and it's a very good visualization of center of the four quadrants almost a stylized quincunx um where like saying this is the axis mundi this is the center of termina this clock tower is the middle yeah furthermore also even there are a bunch of murals in South Clocktown, and 
they are these big, like, kind of circles with wavy lines around them. I don't know how... Well, I'm seeing them in this concept art for the original. I don't know how pronounced they are on the 64. Um, but the thing is that on the west wall, you have a blue mural of blue swooshy lines. And on the east wall, you have orange swooshy lines. At the north, you have purple. And at the south, you have green. And so these are representing the four quadrants again, because these are the same colors as the colors of the emblems above those exits. Mm. And there are murals also on the outside walls of Clacktown matching these things. So it's like at every chance they get, they express the four quadrant scheme um, in every sort of way they can with these colors like any from anywhere you can see what the four worlds are yeah yep so that's neat oh also the the banners above the um the entrance to the uh the entrance i was just talking about into the clock tower they use the four emblems of the um quadrant the other four quadrants um, on like the little prayer flags hanging above that. Cool. It's all very cool. We may have exhausted stuff to talk about in South Clocktown. Now that I'm no, we didn't because flags. it was also oh. the laundry pool. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which has previously established as part of the South Clocktown. No, it's not. <laughs> laundry pool is its own zone, and now we will finish out the episode by talking about. Laundry pool, its own zone. Okay, if you say so. Um, now, there's a guy who lives here at the laundry pool who only comes out to check his mail. And I think we have to save this guy to talk about later. Do you agree? That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about everything else here. For one thing, it's cool that there is, like, this whole... Its own section of the map... <laughs> That is a part like away from this um, north, south, east, west scheme that in its name has a purely utilitarian in-universe um, purpose, right? Yep. Um, you would be forgiven for believing that there is nothing to do here because it looks like the place where there's nothing to do. Well, you could do laundry there. Yes. If you weren't, and Link. of course, Link has never there is a stray fairy life. here sometimes. <laughs> um, well, who put the adult Link clothes on him? It must have been Rao Ru dressing him in a coma. Uh, you know who else was in a coma? I don't. Buster Bluth. Oh, shoot. <laughs> anyway, um, the there is someone who hangs out here. At night, it is Guru Guru. Yeah, the guy from the, um, <laughs> the, the guy windmill. from the windmill in Ocarina of Time, who, the bomber's notebook calls him Guru Guru. Right, that's how we know what his name is. Yes, and I think that like that got uh, grandfathered in, or he it was honorarily applied as his name in Ocarina of Time because oh I don't yeah, there's name there. There are other examples in this game of that happening. Yes. 
And so he is just uh, Guru Guru in all other games. He has appeared later on as well. Which is just um, an onomatopoeia for spinning, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Which is what he's got a he's got some weird. What do you describe his instrument that he has? Oh, an organ grinder, right? I guess, or gr- yeah. Or is it the organ grinder the name of the monkey? No, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think you're right. No, I think it's what it's okay. called. But he's got one of those, and it spins around. And he that's... turns a crank, and it, the the uh, horn that the music comes out of spins around, which I don't think is how a real organ grinder works. Um, but he is he's playing the song of storms when you come up to him, right? Yeah, he just has that permanently around him twenty four seven. Yes, um, and but like the 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 song of storms is actually hilarious now that i think of it but i guess we'll we'll talk about that later as well <laughs> um if you talk to him he tells you his story zach what's his story i don't know if i can do it justice but he <sighs> let me let me pull up the text dump it's it's good it's this is the one to recite I right. Because it's a very self-contained thing, because this is all it is. In a, um, in, in a game where a lot of characters have a lot of stories that you have to piece together by talking to different people or catching different scenes, uh, he's just, he's here, here I am, here's my story. Yes. They want this to be extremely easy for you, right? Yeah. This is not one you have to dig for. La la la. They said I was much too loud when I practiced in my room. They got mad. Sigh, now I'm sad. I'll just stay here all night and away from their pad. Wait, that must be... I don't think that's... Because now I see this other thing that I recognize more. I think that is unused text, actually. Or maybe it's like if you approach him while you're Zorlink. No, they said I was much too loud when I was practicing in my room. They got mad. Sigh, now I'm sad. I'll just think about the past to keep my mind off the bad. Yes, I'll do that. Dear guest... And then he stops playing. Long ago, I was in an animal troop with dogs and donkeys and such. Why could a... Why why could a man join? That's because a man is an animal too, my boy. They were all great, but there was one thing I didn't like about it. Why was... Why was the... Why was the dog the leader? Was it because something was wrong with me, sir? Oh, that dog was an amazing leader. He always had a stellar troop, no matter what animals he had to work with. That's why I... That's why, that's why I stole it. The dog's mask. I stole it. I wanted it because it was the leader's mask. But I no longer need it. I give it to my guest. And so he gives you the Bremen mask, which is... a chicken mask. It's just a chicken mask. And there's a reason it's called the Bremen mask. Look this up while I read the rest of the speech. The leader was a good instructor. His members matured quickly and they became adults in an instant. Now, when you equip this mask, it gives you the power to, like, play a fife. I guess you're Ocarina. And, um, like, lead a march. And you sing this, you play this song, um, and... It's bizarre. Like, it has no obvious use. It turns out it has exactly one use in the game. But I believe that uh, using this to play um, your marching tune 
um, around, like the dog in South Clocktown or dogs elsewhere, will cause the dog to follow you around. Now, have you found out why they call it the Bremen mask? The mask appears to be named after a Grimm's fairy tale about the town musicians of Bremen, in which a group of animals decide to leave their masters and become traveling musicians. But it's also a weird Japanese pun. Ooh. Where Bremen means like rude mask. Interesting. I don't know what it's rude about it, though. I don't get that part. No, I think that they might be just noticing that it like the katakana is the same so they think that maybe it's the same i don't i i think that the idea was just to refer to that fairy tale and yeah. unless there's a compelling reason to note that it also means rude i think that's just a a coincidence this mask isn't especially a rude mask compared no. to maybe some other masks in the game ooh um yeah so this is great it's a great way of giving you something like pointing out that your task is to kind of be a counselor to people and get masks from them. This is the baby version of that quest that you'll be doing over and over again throughout this game. There are many masks in this game. Um, so some fantastic design, some wonderful writing. I am just now noticing how the... Uh, this speech is structured because um, he keeps on like doing when he gets flustered, he stutters and, re and repeats himself. I wonder, uh, I would like to hear how this is written in Japanese and if it's um, has like a musicality to it that I'm noticing just now in the English version. I bet there is. That makes sense. Um, so very, very good. There's also a frog here. Oh, yeah. And that's cool. Love to see a frog. There's also a stream passing through here. They call it the laundry pool, but it's running water. And it comes out of a grate and it goes to another grate. And above, I don't know if this is in the 64 version, above the little bridge thing where the water is flowing toward, they have the emblem of south that's over the south clock town gate. As if to say, this if you go through here, you're ending up in the same place that you'll go through get to if you go through the south gate. As noted before, outside of Clocktown, there are no streams running in or out of the town walls. So this stream doesn't match up with anything you can see in the game. Yeah. Unless it's, like, if that sign means swamp... Then you could, I'm just coming up with this now, you could imagine that the water flows from the laundry pool underground all the way to the swamp and empties out in the swamp. Which is not enough, impossible. I don't know enough about hydrodynamics. That is not in the 64 version. I remember looking for that. Okay, good, good, good. Another There's thing Another about embellishment. The water here is... There is, are some red rupees out of reach on the upstream side of the, like, beyond the great upstream of the pool, right? Yes. That's on the first day. On the second day, the rupees are at the bottom. They have flowed all the way to where you can get them now if you can get underwater. On it's, the third day... It's not quite, it's not quite even that clear. It's oh like no? a weird time of day because I've gone to look, like, first thing, second day. They're not ready yet. Oh my gosh, okay. 
But I by think, the third day, they flowed all the way to the other side, the grate on the other side, right? Right. I think conceptually, you could just park the game there and watch the rupees go. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure that's just true. Amazing if true. Yeah. It's cool. Is that all there is to talk about here? I think we're exhausted on this one. There's not too okay. much in this little section. And I we like the laundry pool. Two other entire sections as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Clock so. Big. Clocktown is big. Clocktown is good. And we talked about, in a, in a way, the three most boring parts of it. There's a reason we lumped all these together in one episode. That's correct. And next time around, we're going to talk about either East or West Clocktown. Do you remember? I don't remember. Well, <laughs> you're in for a treat and a surprise, my friend, when we see you next time. <laughs>